Yeah. How we doing, church? We good? Amazing. Hey, real quick, let's pray. Can we lift all our hands to heaven just for one moment? Father, we thank you so much for this time together, that we can gather together as your church. Father, we thank you, God, that church isn't about coming, but it's about going. We thank you that from this moment, God, in, in but half an hour's time, God, we're going to leave with a fire in our hearts, God, to see our city transformed. In Jesus' name, everybody said? Amen. Amen. You can take a seat. So, so good. Oh, amazing. Hey, uh, real quickly, can we honor Pastor Sam and Kay? Uh, just incredible leaders celebrating five years this year as Redcliffe Church, which uh, is crazy. I don't know if you've been a part of that journey uh, since we started five years ago, or, or maybe uh, this is your first time here. Um, but know that you found yourself in the right place. You found yourself in a healthy church, an incredible church, and you're blessed to have unbelievable leaders like Pastor Sam and Kay. Um, she's not lying. I was an absolute rat bag. Like, I was the worst leader you could imagine. Like, being a youth pastor now, I would have kicked myself off the team. Like, I was so bad. Like, I broke all the rules. I was just all over the place. But I'm so thankful for leaders like this who have grace, who believe in people, who don't hold you at what you're doing, but look at you for who you're called to be. Um, so one more time, can we honor them? Incredible. Oh, I love it. Hey, babe, can you stand up as well? This is my wife. Everyone say hi, Shannon. Yep, she's so hot. It's awesome. Um, so good. The high schools always appreciate that joke. Um, but yeah, um, as Pastor Kay said, my, myself and my wife are, are, are youth pastors down at our City Point Brisbane location, and we're just having a phenomenal time seeing God move. And um, I'm, I'm personally so excited for Cam and Amanda stepping into youth pastoring this year. They are like unreal. Like, like if you're a parent in this place, you can trust these guys. Like I promise you, you can trust these guys. They are phenomenal. They'll look after your kids. They're trustworthy. They're reliable. They want the best for your young people. They want to be our partner with you to see your young people step into all they can be. You can trust these guys. They're incredible. We love Cam and Amanda. Um, I want to jump into the Word today, and I want to jump in and start speaking about... Um, Elijah, who was a prophet in the Old Testament, he was essentially like the prophet of prophets. He was the guy, he was the, uh, when, when you move into the New Testament, he was referenced as, as, as the prophet, as he represented all prophets. Um, he, he, he was the man. He was the man. He, he really led Israel in a lot of dark times and good times and, and led them through all these different seasons, um, through hearing the voice of God and then speaking it boldly over the nation of Israel, but what I want to focus in on today is a moment when he had to stand against, at the time, a wicked king who was leading Israel. And uh, if we go back a few books, uh, in the book of Judges, and I don't know if you've ever read the book of Judges, but it's a bit doom and gloom, like it's not the most encouraging Sunday afternoon read. Scholars say that uh, it's actually one of the uh, recorded as one of the darkest times in Israel's history. So the book of Judges was quite a dark time for Israel. There was no king. There was just judges who were kind of ruling the place. And there was, uh, there was this quote in there in the Bible when they described the Israelites there was this quote that said, the whole nation did as they saw fit. How much is that a picture of our generation? Just doing as we see fit. And that is, is depicting of a generation that is actually uh, losing their destiny. 
So anyway, so we're going into the book of Judges, and this is the first time why I want to highlight this before I jump into uh, Elijah, is in the book of Judges was when we first see the, the worship of the Baal gods or the idol, idol gods or, or the false gods start to infiltrate the nation of Israel. It's when they were introduced. It's when they started letting them infiltrate their worship. And who knows, when you let something infiltrate your worship, it overflows to your life. So now it's overflowing into the life of Israel and it's impacting everything they do. We then fast forward to 1 Kings 16, where there is a wicked king by the name of King Ahab. Once again, this is also scholars say one of the, one of the most evil kings that actually ruled. He led uh, Israel down a very bad path. Uh, and in, in 1 Kings 16, we see him take what was just infiltrated, was just a seed in the, in the nation's heart, and he actually widespreads it. He starts building temples. He starts building false idols and, and gods and, and, and all these places that they can go and worship. And, and he basically makes what was something that was just infiltrated in the undercurrent, he makes it suddenly commercial. He makes it public. He makes it widespread all across the nation that we're going to worship the false gods. We're not going to worship the true God. We're going to worship the idols. And, and the Israelites have been led down this path. And then there comes a man named Elijah in this moment, who finds himself obviously in this season following God. And he calls King Ahab out. He calls him out and he says this, he says, because of your disobedience to God, there is going to be a drought in this nation. And it will not rain until I say so. Who, who thinks it'd be cool to have faith to be able to just stop and start the rain when you'd like? I think that's an invitation for us in the kind of faith that we're invited into because in the New Testament, we're described in our new creation as having the same divine nature as Elijah. So we can actually live that way, right? So Elijah's here and he calls this out and says, because you're disobedient, there's going to be a drought over this nation. Obviously, we all know droughts are not a good thing. There's no crops, there's no livestock, everything starts to die, the whole land starts to wither, which ultimately equals people start to die, communities start to fall apart. So he calls us out over this nation. And uh, as he would, he calls it out, but he knows the king is very powerful and is going to kill him, so he runs. He kind of calls it out and then just runs for his life. Flees, right? Now we get to 1 King 18, sorry, 1 Kings 18, uh, chapter 18, and um, in this moment, um, Elijah is... Is, is he's been fled for a few years. It hasn't rained in years. It's gotten to the point where King Ahab is now at a place where he's like, oh my gosh, we need it to rain. I'm starting to see this just affect our whole nation, our whole community. We need to hunt down Elijah. We need to get him here and we need him to make it rain. It's kind of like, I don't know, this might be a bit of a high schooler joke, but you know when you go jinx, jinx, personal jinx? Does anyone know that? And the person can't speak till, or no, if they speak and let's say their name three times and you're allowed to punch them. It's kind of like this, like he's, he, he, the rain won't start until Elijah says so. So now he's like hunting Elijah and, he, and he's like, no, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything, right? So he's chasing Elijah. And in this moment, we come to the text where we're going to pull up today. Uh, 1 Kings 18, 1. Elijah's now in the wilderness. He's, he's run away and he hears God speak to him. Once again, it hasn't rained for three years. He knows King Ahab, King Ahab is chasing him. And God says to him, go, present yourself to Ahab. And I, send, and I will send rain on the earth. I want to encourage you today as my first point. Is if as a church in the season we're stepping into, if we're going to be a church that steps up and steps out, then we're going to need to confront what is holding us back. 
Because there is an invitation here in this text where God is speaking to Elijah and he's saying, I'm about to send rain. I'm about to bring that breakthrough you're waiting for. I'm about to bring that miracle you're waiting for. I'm about to bring that thing that you've been desiring for for years. It's about to happen. But before he says that, he says, first thing you need to do is go and confront what is holding you back. Go and confront what is holding this nation back. Go and present yourself to Ahab. You've got to understand, Ahab wanted to kill the guy. It wasn't necessarily an encouraging thing for Elijah to be told, go and present yourself to Ahab. And and when that happens, I'm going to send the rain on all the earth. He says this, and what I encourage us is, I don't know where you're at in your season or Maybe 2017 wasn't that great for you. Or maybe there was stuff that took place 10 years ago that you're still wrestling with. This morning is your opportunity to confront what is holding you back. To confront that bitterness. Confront that offense. Confront that disappointment. Confront that discouragement. Confront the heartache. Confront those things that are holding you back. You know it. There's people here this morning, I so sense it, that you know what God's asking you to do. You know the destiny He has for you. You know what He's encouraging you to do. He's saying you need to start serving at church. You need to lead a life group. You need to serve in this place and see the kingdom of God advance in this world. You need to pray for people at your workplace. You need to share the good news. But there's something in your heart that's holding it back. There's something in your heart. And if we look at this as a, as an image, as a, as, a, as a representation of our heart, just as the Israelites were infiltrated by this Baal God worship, this idol worship, I want to challenge you this morning. What have you let infiltrate your heart? What have you let infiltrate your heart? Well, maybe it was just a seed. Maybe it was just a little moment where you got a little bit offended. Maybe it was just a little moment where you got a little discouraged because things didn't turn out the way you thought. But in this moment, I want to challenge you and encourage you. What have you let infiltrate your heart? And once what was just a seed is now starting to widespread. Just like King Ahab widespread this false God worship, it's now starting to widespread in your heart and it's impacting not only you, but it's impacting your family. It's impacting your workplace. It's impacting your community. It's impacting your entire life because it's starting to widespread. God is inviting you into your destiny this morning, into your next step, to step up and to step out as a church. But it's going to take us to confront those things, to actually look them in the face and say, you know what, that bitterness is not welcome in my heart any longer. Those anxious thoughts I will no longer have to wrestle with. Those things that I've been wrestling with for 10 10 years because of the heartache that I wrestled with, I'm going to be free from that today because I'm not going to let it hold me back any longer. We need to confront what is holding us back, because God is inviting us just like He invited Elijah. He said, there's rain coming. There's a breakthrough coming. There's so much good things coming. But it's going to take you to say, yep, I've got to confront those things. I've got to confront those things. I know that for, for, for myself, I'm a little bit confrontational. That's why I'm yelling a lot at 10.30 in the morning. Um, <laughs> But I know, I, know, I know for Shannon, she's, she's an introvert and, and a little bit more non-confrontational. But So for her, even the word confront, com, confrontation is like, whoa, that's a bit full on. Like, you know, like confronting what's holding me back, that's a little bit full on. But I want to encourage you this morning to be really brave. Be really brave. And actually be brave enough to go, you know, I'm just going to do a little heart check. Check what I've let infiltrate my heart and it's getting to widespread. 
I'm going to grab that thing and say, I'm going to live free from that today. It goes on through this moment where, where Elijah confronts Ahab. He calls him out. He, he, he calls out and gets him to say, I'm going to prove to the entire nation that your God is false and my God is real. That your God is false and my God is real. I'm going to prove it. So, that, so Ahab gets all the 450 uh, Baal prophets, the ones who are representing these false gods, and he basically verses them in this battle of like, who's going to prove God's real? So I reckon what this represents a lot and what I, I suppose, got challenged on is how often that we can have, in a sense, 450 reasons or excuses why we're not stepping up, why we're not stepping into our destiny. There's 450 things in our way from setting a nation free, as Elijah experienced. But he had to take it head on. So it wasn't just about confronting it, because you've got to understand the first step of healing your breakthrough is recognition. I said it earlier today, but if you have a broken leg and you don't recognize your leg is broken, it's probably not going to get healed. You're probably just going to keep walking on it, injure it more, all that good stuff. Good stuff? <laughs> Roll with it. It's good stuff on the south side, so. I don't know what that meant. <laughs> Take it whatever you think. <laughs> but the first step is recognition, confronting that, going, yeah, you know what? There is something in my heart that I need to confront. But then as he saw, he didn't just confront Ahab. He's like, let me prove to you God is real. So in the same way, we need to be able to go, what are those reasons? What are those excuses? What are those, all those different things in our heart that we have all these excuses about why we're not immersing ourselves in kingdom things and giving our lives to Jesus, the full immersion of Jesus Christ? What are those things in the way? Not just confront them, but as, as Elijah went on to do, was completely eradicate them. He completely moved them out of the way. So the entire nation of Israel looked upon it and said, there is only one true God. The God of Elijah is the real God. Here's the one with power. Here's the one with love. Here's the one with grace. Here's the one with hope. Here's the one with mercy. He is the true God. Yes. And it comes to this moment where he's now confronted what's holding him back. He's stepped up, as many of us are going to do this morning. He stepped up and confronted it. But there's a second part of this conversation where God had said, confront it, confront what's holding you back, and I'm going to send the rain. And I know that for many of us, maybe in this room, you feel like maybe you've been in a drought season. You feel like maybe God's been distant. You feel like maybe you're a little bit disconnected. You feel like you're a little bit isolated. Well, God is telling you this morning that the rain is coming, that the rain is coming, but it's going to take you stepping into your freedom. It's not what it looks like. 1 Kings 18, 41 to 45. And then Elijah said to Ahab, go up. This was right after he confronted what was holding him back. Go up and eat and drink, for there is a sound of abundance of rain. So Ahab went to up to eat and drink, and Elijah went up to the top of Carmel, Then he bowed down on the ground and put his face between his knees and said to his servant, Go up now, look toward the sea. So he went up and looked and said, There is nothing. And seven times again he said, Go again. I I get this sense this morning that many of us have actually been having this conversation with God. That we've been having this conversation of like, God, you're telling me the rain's coming. You're telling me the breakthrough's here. You're telling me my miracle is on its way, but I keep looking and I can't see 
anything. There is nothing there. Like I feel like I've gone back to the mountain, can't see anything. Gone back to the mountain, can't see anything. Gone back to the mountain, can't see anything. God is telling you today to look again, to go again, to have the faith to look again, to go again. The rain is coming for your life. The drought is over. The breakthrough is here. I don't know if you realize, maybe you were just here. Maybe you haven't heard yet. But we have just launched in the church a third service at 8.30 right here. That means the rain is coming. It's right in front of us. It's moving. It's right here. Look again. Look again. You've got to understand in, in seasons where we do feel like we're in droughts and we are encouraged, look again. Have faith. Lean in. Don't stop serving. Don't stop leading that life group. Don't give up on your marriage. Don't give up on that workplace. In all those seasons, how do we carry the posture where we continue to go, I'm going to look again. 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 I think we find it in the posture of Elijah. You've got to understand, he said to his servant, go again from a posture of this. This was his posture. This was his posture. When your heart posture is surrendered to Jesus, surrendered to the King, from this posture, you have the faith to go look again, to go go again, to go look again. That from this posture, when all you see is Jesus, when your eyes are so fixed on Him, when all you can see is the reality of Him and what He's doing in your life, you man, you can't help yourself but say, look again. There's nothing that's going to stop you from having faith. There's nothing that's going to stop you from believing because your heart posture is surrendered to Jesus. Because there's two people in this, in this passage where one's in the surrendered position and he's saying, go again. Go again. Even when voices all around him were saying, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing, there's nothing. You may even have people in your life who've started to discourage you about what you've been believing for. And they're actually even, it's now not even your own self, but other people are saying, going, I don't think you should, maybe you're not going to get healed, to be honest. There's nothing really coming. Maybe you should just give up on that. Come up with a new theology about why God doesn't want to heal you. But God is saying this morning, look again. Go again and look. Because there is rain coming. If we move on to the next part of the portion of the scripture, we find ourselves in verse 44. It says, Then it came to pass the seventh time, not the first time. You know, maybe, maybe you feel like you've been to the mountain and had to look like 20 times. I know doing youth ministry, oh my gosh, I feel like I'm looking again a million times. Like I'm like, are these kids ever going to get saved? Are they ever going to get set on fire? Oh my gosh, they're still worried about dating people. Why is this so weird? Like just like freaking out, right? I feel like I just feel like I've gone to the mountain like so many times going, I'm looking again. Please, please rain. Oh my gosh, please rain. Something happened. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Lord, have mercy. Oh, God. Oh, who signed me up for this? I don't know. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. <laughs> but it came to pass the seventh time, and he said, There is a cloud, as small as a man's hand, rising out of the sea. So he said, go up and say to Ahab, prepare your chariot, go down before the rain stops you. Now it happened in the meantime that the sky became black with clouds and wind and there was a heavy rain. 
You know, often when we are looking again, when we do know the rain's coming, the breakthrough's coming, when we are going, you know what, I'm not, I know I'm in a, this season right now, but I know God's got more for me. It's time to step up and step out as a church. But in this season, right, often the breakthrough, the miracle, the revival that we're believing for doesn't appear like we think it's going to. Because sometimes breakthrough and revival looks like a cloud the size of a man's hand. You've got to understand that when he went that time, it's not like he got there and suddenly there was dark clouds everywhere. He's like, that's the rain. I'm going to go tell Elijah it's going to go rain. He saw a cloud this big and he said, there it is. That's it. That means the rain's coming. But don't find yourself in a spot where the, 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 the cloud the size of a man's hand is right in front of you, building your faith, saying the rain is coming. And you turn around and go, nah, there's still nothing. It's right here, church. It's time to step up and step out. It's right here, church. Your breakthrough and freedom is here for you. It's time to confront what's been holding you back. It's time to step into your next level. It's time to step into your new. It's right here. And often it can present itself, like I said, in a a cloud the size of a man's hand. And that, As a church, oh my gosh, please get this. If that's enough and we can take that and go, I've seen the cloud. I've seen the cloud. I know it's going to rain because God said it. God said it was going to rain. I don't even, I don't even need a, I don't even need a thunderstorm to come. I just need the tiniest glimpse that God is moving. And that is enough for me to keep faith. That is enough for me to go and declare that the rain is coming. The rain is coming. I want to encourage you this morning, keep serving because the rain is coming. Keep leading your life group. The rain is coming. Stick to your marriage. The rain is coming. Stick in your workplace. The rain is coming. Keep believing for your children. The rain is coming. The rain is coming. Let's not be the generation where the cloud was right there. God was saying, here I am. I'm about to move. I'm about to pour out my spirit on a generation like I've never seen before. And we were the generation who turned and said, there's nothing and walked away. Let's not be that generation. Because my gosh, like the way the climate, political climate's going right now and the economy and society and culture, we only have to fast forward one generation. And they may look back on us and say, wait, You could freely speak about Jesus and you said nothing. There are people all around you who need what you have. They need what you have. And it's going to take you to carry that faith, to believe it's going to rain in your workplace. God's going to move. That breakthrough, that miracle, that revival in your heart, that freedom, it's available for you this morning. It's going to take you to one, confront what's holding you back. I know for many of us, we could identify right now. Yep, I know exactly what that is. I know what's been holding me back. I know the thing that I've let infiltrate my heart and I need to be free from it today. And then two, have the faith from a posture of surrender. So no matter what your season looks like, you're going to look again. You're going to go again. You're going to believe that God said it was going to rain. So it's going to rain. 
Because when God speaks, His Word doesn't return void. Which means if God says it's going to rain, all I need is a cloud, the size of a man's hand, and I know that the rain is coming. If we could all uh, close our heads and bow our eyes, that would be amazing. Gotcha. If you're in this place and maybe this is your first time even hearing the name Jesus, the saving name of Jesus, the name Jesus that brings freedom, joy, hope, peace, restoration, wholeness, fullness to your life at every capacity. Or maybe you've been coming a little while and at one point you were in a spot where you did passionately love Jesus. You were building the kingdom of God. You were on team. You were discipling people. But you feel like because of different twists and turns in life, some discouragement crept into your heart, some disappointment. You don't seem as connected with God anymore. Or wherever you find yourself, whatever season you find yourself in, today is your day to get free. Today is your day to meet Jesus. Today is your day to declare that the rain is coming over your life. Breakthrough is coming over your life. If that's you all across this place, whether it be your first time or a recommitment, I want you to be really brave because I would love to pray for you and acknowledge you. So all across this place, from left to right, from front to back, I would love you, if you want to make a decision, you don't have to understand everything. You don't have to have all your ducks in a row. You don't have to be living the perfect life. But if you want to make a decision to say, yep, I want to make my next step in following Jesus, then what I'd love you to do is shoot up your hand and I'd love to pray for you. So as I look from left to right, if that's you, just shoot up your hand and I'd love to pray for you all across this place. Be really brave. Amen. Incredible. Incredible. Amen. 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 So good. Yes, Lord. Yes, sir. That's amazing. Incredible decision. Come on, don't miss this moment. The rain's coming for your life. Amen, sir. Incredible decision. Incredible decision. Does anyone else? This is your moment. You're not here by accident. Jesus wants to meet you right now. This is your moment. Anyone else, as I look one last time, you shoot up your hand, be really brave. Amazing, incredible, yes. So good. Yes, Lord. Awesome. Father, I thank you so much, God, for everyone who lifted their hand, God, but more than a hand raised, God, a heart was opened to receive your kingdom. I thank you that from this moment forward, they are cleansed, they are washed, they are righteous, they are new creations, they seem as holy, blameless and spotless. God, I thank you from this moment forward, everything changes as they step into their destiny. And everybody said, Amen. 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 Thank you, Chris. So great. There were a few hands that went up. We want to congratulate you. Can we, can we congratulate everyone who responded this morning? So great. And so what you need to do, maybe you didn't lift your hand, but you responded in your heart, is, uh, is make the next step. And so we encourage you to go to the...